0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, the NFL draft is in the books. It is time once again to review what went on with the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 2023 NFL selection process. Hello, folks. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. I am the host of Bad Language. I'm also the podcast liaison with Fans First Sports Network and the podcast producer here at Steel Curtain Network, and I tell you what, what a crazy weekend it was. For some people, Omar Khan, Andy Weidel, the Rooney family, Mike Tomlin, and company exceeded expectations with this draft. You're going to be hearing a lot of grades going out back and forth right now, and you're not going to hear that from me. I'm going to talk about the picks, but the main part The main structure of this entire podcast is going to be this. What work still remains to be done with the Pittsburgh Steelers? And that's very important. That's a big thing to talk about. Do they solve all their problems or what else do they need to do? So we're going to do that, but we're going to talk about it on a pick by pick basis. We're going to talk about some of the undrafted free agents as well, because that's a pretty big deal too. That kind of helps because remember, undrafted free agents are basically seventh round picks because if you're picked in the seventh round, you very easily could have been an undrafted free agent. And something we always say here at Steel Curtain Network is the fact that if you're picked in the seventh round, it's just a player that you wanted to make sure that didn't slip through the cracks when it came to offering that undrafted free agent contract too so that's what we're going to take a look at we're doing that all today but i want to thank everybody who came out and checked out all of our shows this week we had close to 20 original shows from thursday to sunday talking about the nfl draft all of our shows this week will have some kind of nfl draft flavor but here's the nice thing about it You have so many different voices, so many different shows, so many different angles. We're not taking them from the same angle. So don't worry about that. You're going to hear a lot of different perspective. It's going to be fantastic. If you had a chance to check out Jeff Hartman this morning on Let's Ride, then you heard a great interview with draft guru Ray Countryman. If you haven't, go ahead and check that out. They're going to talk about the Steelers draft as well. But once again, from a different perspective, you're going to get a great perspective if you check out The Hangover tonight with Shannon White and Daniel J. Then tomorrow, from The Cutting Room Floor, it hits your favorite podcast platform at 5 a.m. It's Jeffrey Benedict from The Cutting Room Floor. You're going to have the grades with the guys from The Fix, Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts. And I got to tell you, I had a chance to hang out with them this weekend over the Zoom network and check them out on Zoom. And we had our own little green room, basically. It was our war room slash green room to get all of our podcast, our, our shows out this weekend. So we were able to discuss the work we were doing and everything we were doing. And then we got to discuss the picks and listen to guys like Andrew, listen to guys like Jeremy. Oh man, it's absolutely fantastic. Jeffrey Benedict. Listening to Shannon White as well. Those guys know prospects better than I know prospects. And I learned quite a few things. And I got excited about some of these players a little more. And when I found out that they were not skeptical of a prospect, then I was really excited about that too. So with that being said, we have so much to talk about. Make sure you check out all those shows and more wherever you download your favorite podcast. But here's the deal. Steelers are kind of in uncharted territory right now. And the reason I say that is because usually if the Steelers get a B- minus for their draft, that's pretty good. But they're getting A's across the board. There's a lot of people saying the Steelers won this draft. Now, be careful with that because usually you hear that the Arizona Cardinals and the Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, they win the draft. And up until recently, Cincinnati won the draft a lot because they were picking high. But they didn't make it into the Super Bowl until just two years ago, where, once again, they did not win it. But all I'm saying is, you know, you've got to be careful with stuff that's on paper. Sure, they play well on paper, but how are they going to play on the field? And I really feel that the analysis and what they're doing with that scouting department is fantastic. I have, man, I'm chugging down the black and gold Kool-Aid and i'm digesting it i'm loving it it leaves a beautiful taste in my mouth i'm loving what's happening right now but that could all change because remember there's there's things that don't translate there's going to be somebody from this draft class that we were sure was going to be a hit that is going to have injury problems possibly knock <laughs> on wood but we're also going to have a player that uh, exceeds expectations Maybe like a Vince Williams back in 2013, 10 years ago when he was selected out of Florida State. Maybe a guy like that in the sixth round that nobody expected. That could very well be a guy like Corey Trice Jr., the cornerback from P- Purdue, and we're going to talk about him a little bit. He might hit maybe a second, third, or fourth round pick that everybody's so excited about doesn't hit. So that's that's what you got to talk about when you're talking about on- Look, everybody with hindsight is talking about how the Steelers made a horrible trade back in 2019 for Devin Bush. At the time, everybody was calling for that trade. The national media was calling for that trade. The Steelers needed an inside linebacker. They got an inside linebacker. It looked pretty good for the first season when he was, when Devin Bush Jr. was ranked third for defensive rookie player of the year. But then that went all awry in week five when he got hurt. When he blew that knee out, he never came back the same. He was never the same player. Now, is he going to get a new lease on life in Seattle? Hopefully for Devin Bush Jr., yeah. And if he does well, I applaud him. I think that would be fantastic. Did not work here in Pittsburgh. But on paper, these picks look good. And you got to think, well, you know, everybody's going to make that pick of Devin Bush. A lot of people are going to go ahead and move up for it. And if you're saying, Oh, I would have never done that. I'd love to check what you were tweeting about back in 2019 because things change when you throw hindsight in the mix, just like Max Yasger's farm back in 1969, there was only about a hundred and a thousand wet, muddy hippies there. Now, There was were about two million people that talk about going, that went. They didn't go. But now that it's popular, oh yeah, I was there. So that's that's one of those things that you can go ahead and bring up and talk about how you were right, they should have never taken them. But a lot of people were really happy with that pick. Now, because that pick went awry, when the Steelers went ahead and traded up for Broderick Jones, there were a lot of people unhappy about that pick until the next night when they traded down to get that fourth round pick back. They traded down 12 spots in the third round and were able to get back on the clock for that fourth round, which man, it was going to be a long day without that pick. So they got back into the mix and I kind of feel like, man, they Omar Khan, He's like the sheep herder. He keeps fleecing everybody. You know, they're calling him the con artist. I want to call him the sheep herder. I think it's absolutely amazing what this guy is pulling off. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into each individual draft pick, but we're going to take a quick break and do them all one through seven minus five and six because hey, they didn't have one. So we will be right back after this on the show that they call Bad Language from Fans First Sports Network and Steel Curtain Network. Welcome back to Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, <laughs> and we are doing it. We are talking about the draft. Man, that was a long draft season for me. It just seemed like even the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, getting into those seventh round picks on Saturday, man, it took forever. It seemed like it was eons. But the Steelers came out with what a lot of people think a very stunning draft class, a fantastic draft class, and we're going to see how they are. But we've been talking about a lot of these prospects for a long, long time. Let's talk about the first round pick, Broderick Jones. They go ahead and trade up three spots with the New England Patriots. And people were on Twitter and on social media saying, how can you trade with the New England Patriots? They're rivals of ours. You know what? They're not a a division foe. And Bill Belichick probably relished taking that pick away from the New York Jets. Cause he sees him twice a year. He probably loved making that choice with Pittsburgh and Hey, he got the guy he wanted all along. He was going to take Christian Gonzalez at 14, but he gambled. He got Gonzalez at 17. And a lot of people like me, I was like, man, I want them to take Christian Gonzalez. This is the pick right here. But then we found out it was Broderick Jones. Then we found out a little bit of Intel that you could not, that could not be talked about. Because there's some things that have to be kept off the record. And Andrew Wilbar, who went to the combine, said, Yeah, when we talked to the Steelers, because he talked to the Steelers, he talked to a lot of people. Some of them said, Hey, some of this is off the record. You have to do that. And when they say that, you keep it quiet. Now, I don't believe Andrew heard this, but other people were talking about after the fact that Gonzalez had a very subpar meeting with the Steelers as far as a workout that he met with Mike Tomlin I know Gonzalez was talking about how great it was but it wasn't the impression it looks like that Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers needed so they went ahead and decided not to bring Christian Gonzalez in it did not fit him did not fit the Pittsburgh Steelers and what their needs were so a lot of people thought they need a corner they're going to have to pick Joey Porter Jr. They're going to have to go JPJ. And they passed him up as well. Joey Porter Jr. thought he was going 14 of the Steelers when they traded up. He actually thought they were going for him. We'll talk more about JPJ later. But Broderick Jones was the pick. He's huge. He's got a nasty streak. He's very cerebral, though. And man, he could play. They say he's a better pass protector than he is a run blocker. But as a tackle, you want that pass protector. You know he's going to be able to run the ball and and run block. He did that very well at Georgia. Georgia had a good running game as well. He's young. He's only 20 years old. And man, he, he just fits the Marquise Pouncey mold of franchise linemen I know it's two different positions but I love bringing them in big number 77 and I've got to take credit for the fact that I guessed his number before he announced it I guessed it on our uh our wrap-up with Dave Schofield and Jeff Hartman they're like what number do you think because he's not getting 59 of course he's not getting 59 so we went ahead and said you know he looks like a 77 to me I had no clue that he was honoring a fallen teammate who died in that car accident back on January 15th or so, not too far after the national championship game. So Broderick Jones is your guy. You're protecting your franchise quarterback. You're also opening holes for Najee Harris on that line. Najee Harris has got to be thrilled. Jeff Hartman kept on saying, Hey, We're all talking about Kenny Pickett, but Najee Harris has got to be excited. Jalen Warren has got to be excited about this guy. And of course, I'm sure they are. This really helps your offensive line. You didn't necessarily need an offensive tackle first if you needed a corner, but you're addressing the future. The problem is you don't get a corner at number one. But then let's flash back to October 30th, October 31st, whenever that trade was made, when Omar Khan pulled off a heist and the Chicago Bears went into the tank. Oh my gosh, they went into the tank. Didn't win another game. And they end up with Chase Claypool going to the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers getting the first overall pick in the second round. And that's a big deal because they had 20 hours to decide what they wanted to do. This is where I'm loving what the Pittsburgh Steelers front office did. They had every opportunity to trade that pick, especially, and I thought they were, I was almost going to guarantee that they were going to do it to, to recoup. But when you look at what they got, and I'm talking about the Arizona Cardinals in that deal, when you're talking about what they got in return from the Tennessee Titans, they might've gotten another pick next year, but they didn't get anything extra this year. So they didn't really recoup because Tennessee wanted a pick in return. So it wasn't that favorable for the Steelers. And like we were talking about, Omar Khan could sit back with his hands behind his head and field calls. And that's what he did. And if none were good enough, he wasn't desperate. So he didn't have to pull the trigger. And all he had to do was say, you know what? Gang, we're just going to go with our guy at 32. And that guy at 32 was the guy that everybody thought they lost when they went for Brock Jones. And it was Joey Porter Jr. Now, what does that do for Joey Porter Jr.? It does a few things. You get a 6-2 corner that's physical. You get a 6-2 corner that plays man well. You get a cornerback that, although doesn't have a lot of interceptions, has so many pass defenses that, that it's crazy. You get a guy, though, that you didn't have this. He did not have this attribute until he got passed up by almost every single team. And what attribute is that? He's now got a giant chip on his shoulder. Yeah. You want that chip on your shoulder. You want that player to have that chip. He was a first rounder in his head, in the minds of the national media. I don't think many people had him falling out of the first round until two days before the draft. That's when you started hearing that Joey Porter Jr. was slipping and nobody knew why, but that's all rhetoric. My gosh, I feel like people pull stuff out of their pockets and throw stuff out there right on draft week. My gosh, we we found out about Laramie Tunsell wearing a gas mask and smoking weed right before he was selected. Right before the draft started, this was like maybe a half an hour before the draft started, and then he fell. He might have been the number one pick overall. He's having a very good career. He's gotten some paydays, so it's not killing him now. But as far as that goes, it seems like this stuff surfaces at the very end. And here's the other thing it does for Joey Porter Jr. And we talked all the time about how first-round draft pick in 2018, Terrell Edmonds, how he would have been so much better Received if he was a second or a third round draft pick. He would have been received as a different player than being a first round draft pick. Now, Joey doesn't get that extra year on his contract. He doesn't get that extra option being the first pick in the second round. But Joey knows the culture in Pittsburgh. Joey was born into the Steeler family. His dad was a player when he was here. He knows all about the culture. Not only was he a player, he was a coach. I believe he went to school with Dino Tomlin, played basketball, played football with those guys. Those guys knew each other. He's already entrenched as a family member. And it was really cool to see him at his press conference, wearing his dad's hoodie with JP on it. And also the, uh, Salute to Dan Rooney on the side. He was wearing that. He was wearing his dad's hoodie. That's to me, that's absolutely fantastic. This is great to have him in the fold. But the fact that he's a number two draft pick, he does not have the pressure. I think he could have handled the pressure, but he doesn't have the pressure of being a number one. Interesting side note. In 1999, Joey Porter was selected in the third round. For the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Arizona Cardinals in 1999. And I'm not sure what round. I need to look it up. They selected Paris Johnson. In 2023. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Select Joey Porter Jr. And the Arizona Cardinals. Select Paris Johnson Jr. I just think that's absolutely fantastic. I I love that kind of trivia. I That's something that doesn't usually happen. You you know, legacies every single year come into the draft and are selected, but it's very rare that they're selected by the team that their father was selected for. So I love hearing about stuff like that. All right, let's go ahead and uh, finish up on Joey Porter Jr. Not only is he excited about playing in Pittsburgh, he's excited on playing with, Patrick Peterson. And that's going to be a big deal. You have a guy that's willing to learn. You have a guy that would have been a first round pick. And a lot of people would have been fine with Joey Porter Jr. being the first round pick. I would have been fine with it. I was fine with Broderick Jones as well. I was saying, Hey, there's a list of five or six guys coming into it that I want them to take. There was a list of a couple that I did not want them to take just because I didn't think they fit like a Lucas Van Nass. I think he's fantastic. I think he's going to be a great player. Packers got a good guy, but he's a little bit of, I don't want to call him a project, but there's a waiting game on him. So there's guys that I didn't want, but maybe about six or seven that I wanted. And when the BTS see slack and the BTSC zoom is going crazy over the pick, That makes you feel good that everybody felt better when they got both of those guys. Some people were split. It's either going to be JPJ or Broderick Jones somewhere in one camp, somewhere in the other, but now they have them both. You got to love it. And with a second pick, the Steelers original pick at number 49, Steelers went with Keanu Benton. And I got to tell you, there's, there's not much of a surprise there. A lot of people knew that Keanu Benton was coming in because they had a lot of visits. Now, when we were in our Zoom, a lot of people thought it was going to be Nick Herbig there. The edge rusher from Wisconsin, maybe a little bit undersized. With a huge motor, people were going crazy. They loved that pick. But there was no surprise, though, that he was going to be coming to the Steelers. A lot of people thought they should have taken him in the third round. Again, they did take him in the third round. I'm sorry. With Herbig, they took him in the fourth round. So they got him ahead of where he was going. The National guys loved that pick, too. But then in the third round, Darnell Washington falling all the way down. He said, hey, look, I've never had knee surgery. I've had some cleanup done, but I've never had an ACL tear, is what he was saying when he said he never had ACL surgery. He said, I'm fine. He dropped. The Steelers got a phenomenal tight end. A guy that a lot of people were hoping they were going to take with the top pick in the second round. We talked about Herbig going on the fourth. In the seventh, you got two guys. One, Corey Trice, he's 6'3". A corner. Are they going for Legion of Boom here? I don't know. It almost seems like it. But that's pretty exciting to me. Uh, once again, that pick got an A from National yeah, media. That's really weird. They never get A's. Their final pick was Spencer Anderson. A guard. So they got another offensive lineman. And the reason he was picked is because he's versatile. He plays every spot on that offensive line. And everyone said, well, it's a it's a Maryland pick. You know, they got to have those Maryland picks. They don't have to. But hey, if they know who these guys are, that's half the battle. That's just like picking a guy from Pitt. Soon to be Boston College, too. Dino, Dino Tomlin just caught a touchdown pass. Since he transferred in the, uh, the spring, tr- the spring game. So they're going to know Boston college guys too. It's not a bad thing to know. They don't owe anybody. They don't have to pick Maryland players or Boston college players or pit players because they're in the building. They don't have to, but they do because they've inside information. This guy, seventh rounder, that late, the two hundred fifty first pick in the draft. The thing about Spencer, man, he has the opportunity to start on the practice squad. And he could be one of those guys that becomes very valuable because he's versatile. And that's what you're picking when you're picking a seventh round pick that late in the draft. Now, what the the big question is, have they answered all of their, their questions? Do they have everything they need? Well, you got your edge rusher, but do they still have work to do there? I think they're going to bring a veteran in. I don't think they're going to leave number three to Nate Herbig. Excuse me, Nick Herbig. I'm going to do that a lot. We're all going to do that a lot. That's one of the big needs that, even though it was addressed, I think they bring in a lower budget edge rusher to help out as far as depth inside linebacker. You know, there's a possibility Herbig could be moved inside, but they said, they said right now, he's an outside backer. We're using him as an edge rusher. So inside linebacker, that might have not been addressed, but by addressing the defensive line, by addressing the defensive backfield, which they did, that doesn't kill your team with your inside linebackers backup quarterback well they brought in a backup quarterback a potential one as an undrafted free agent and i think it's a i think it's really cool this tanner morgan guy looks to be good he looks to be a pretty good player I love the fact that they brought the guy in. So you're bringing this guy in and he has a chance right away. I mean, they're probably going to have to bring in another veteran backup quarterback. Cuz you know he's gone. Mason Rudolph has not signed with this team unless they decide to sign him. Very cheap. Mitch is still there. You've got a young guy that has an opportunity to be the number one backup as early as 2024 so i like bringing tanner morgan in i i think they did a very good job there as well anywhere else you know backup running back no they brought in a guy running back in a speedster a guy that is going to be man he this guy i'm excited about jordan bird he's listed as a wide receiver but He's running back. He's a weapon. He's a kick returner. They also brought in a fullback, Monty Potabomb, who played at Iowa. He's got a mullet. Everybody's loving him already. He's got personality. So, you know, there's so many things. So, there's still some work to do. But one thing that we know about Omar Khan, about Mike Tomlin, they're never done working. So, I have no problem with the fact that. Not everything was addressed. Safety wasn't completely addressed either. But they did bring in a defensive back that could help out and play safety as well. In Chandler Sullivan. How good is he? I don't know. But they're addressing it. They're addressing everything. There's still work to be done, but there's a lot less work to be done now because this draft was really good on paper, but it's going to be how they play in the field that's going to tell the tale of the 23 NFL draft and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you check out Steel Curtain Network for all your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. We're going to have so much of it. It is going to be glorious. But in the meantime, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been Bad Language, and I'm not apologizing for nothing.